Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special edition of the Money Mondays. We are here. Wait, when I say we, wait, Tarzan. Tarzan is not here with us today. He is traveling for his birthday. So I want to make a special episode. It's just me today, but we're going to talk very detailed about movements. I'm going to talk to you about three movements, two of them that I created in the past, and one that I'm launching today, right now, right this second. Let me walk you through some of the previous movements and why they're important for you, and you can integrate into your life if you like them. And then after that, I'm going to unveil what I'm so passionate about, I've been thinking about for a long time, and today is the unveiling. You're going to want to get behind this one because it's really easy to do, but it's really impactful for a lot of people. Okay. One of the movements I did back in the days is called 333. This is to help you in your life, and if you do this, it will change your life forever, hands down, 100% guaranteed. Three, three, three. If you do three text messages per day, asking someone what they need. If you do three emails per day, offering to help. And if you do three phone calls, asking for a sale. Do the math on what happens. And by the way, you can switch up the texting, email, and calling. One could be a favor. One could be asking for help. One could be asking for a sale. You can be intertwining these three, three, three. Why does this work? Why is it so impactful? And why have I been talking about this on stages for years? And why have I seen so many people change their lives? It's just math and time compounds. Imagine if you do three texts a day, three phone calls a day, and three emails a day that involves sales, asking for favors, and offering help. What does that do? The sales part should be pretty obvious. If you do three sales calls a day or three email sales per day or three texts to try to get sales per day, well, if you do that 30 days a month, that's 90 times a month. That's times that by 12. That's 1,080 times a year. Let's subtract some holidays and some traveling, whatever. 1,000 times a year, you ask for a sale. If your product service offering is good and you ask 1,000 people to buy it, you're probably going to get some sales, right? And if you don't get any sales, you should sell something else. If you call a thousand people or text a thousand people or email a thousand people to buy your stuff and nobody buys it, sell something else, please, please, please stop. The proof is in the pudding. You always hear me say people vote with their credit cards. If no one's buying your stuff after a thousand times, sell something else. PSA, <laughs> red alert, red alert. Okay. If you called a hundred people and nobody buys it, you probably should be considering selling something else. Product, service, app, Offering. So that means you're in the real estate game, you're a personal trainer, you do makeup, you do hair, you're a barber, you're a personal chef. You want to be actively selling. There's a famous quote by Mark Cuban, sales cures all. So if every single day, three times a day, you did this, and that's a thousand times a year, you're going to sell a lot more stuff. And that stuff could be you being a Spanish tutor, you doing guitar lessons, whatever it is that you do, business, product, service, whatever it is, actively sell it every day. What if you did it four times or five times or six times or seven times or eight times? Do the math. But the movement that I helped start years ago is called 333 for a reason. I want to make it bite-sized so that you actually do it. If I asked you to go do 20, 30, 40 sales calls a day, obviously the math compounds crazy, but you're probably not going to do it and a very small percentage will actively do that. But you could do three times a day. And if you did three times a day, you will literally change your life and it's guaranteed. By the way, if you call a thousand people and tell them, hey, I do custom sweaters. Look at my wild jungle sweater. I can make you a custom wild jungle sweater. I can make you hats. I can be your personal trainer. 
I could do the sale for you. Hey, I'm a video editor. I'm a video bubble. I can make websites. I can do social media graphics for you. I can do voiceovers. You just actively telling that to a thousand people a year, guess what? Even if they're not the buyer, they might give you a referral or a connection or relationship or you're in their mind and three weeks later, someone's like, oh, I need a website designer. And they're like, oh yeah, my friend Mo, he called me. I need someone to do videos. Oh yeah, Trevor, he called me. I didn't really need it, but I'll give you Trevor's number. It's stuck into their minds. So even if you don't get the sale, you planted a seed into their minds. Then when I talk about asking for a favor or asking for help, studies have shown that when you ask someone for a favor or ask someone for help, you actually become more emotionally connected to them. They actually like you more and are more compelled to help and you're deeper in their heart and in their mind by asking for a favor than you doing a favor. Now, I'm not saying go walk around asking for favors from everyone to change your dynamics and change your relationship. However, if you have a product, service, or you have a charity or a business or an event, asking for a favor or asking for help will make you emotionally connected to that person. So imagine if you do that every day. But if you're out there asking for favors, you also have to be offering help and assistance. So three times a day, you're also saying, what can I help you with? Or if you know what you can help them with, say, hey, I know you're a web designer. I'm going to introduce you to a couple of people that have businesses that might need your website services. Hey, I know that you do graphics for CD covers and albums and music and Spotify and blah, blah, blah. And I know you can help make YouTube stills and YouTube headshots. I know three or four people that might need you. They're influencers. Let me introduce you. Maybe they'll hire you. Do you see what happens? What if you helped a thousand people a year? Let that sink in for a second. What if you outreach and said to a thousand people a year, I'm going to help you. What happens? Well, the math is actually doubled because what if you reach out to a thousand people that year and offer to help them get more video editing jobs, more web designing jobs, more haircuts or barbers or makeup artists or hairstylists or photographers or weddings or whatever their service is. What if you do that a thousand times a year? It doubles because you're also then introducing them people that might need or want their services. So someone says, I need a wedding planner. And you're like, oh yeah, Lori, wife of the party, best wedding planner on the planet. Boom, connector. And you do that two, three, four times. She's getting business from them, but that person has their wedding. And they're like, oh my gosh, thank you for introducing me to the best wedding planner ever. Right? If that doesn't happen, you still get to plant seeds on both sides, right? You've now offered wife of the party. You've offered wife of the party, her company, this favor, this introduction to a potential person that's going to be getting married or throwing an event. You get to plant a seed with wife of the party. On this side, the person that's hosting the wedding and going to get married or throw an event, even if they don't hire her, you now have shown that you care. And you also said, hey, by the way, for your wedding, this is the photographer you should use. His name is David John. This is the web designer you should use. His name is Moises. Like you go through and help them with whatever they might need for their wedding. They are now emotionally compelled to you because you're trying to help them with the most important day of their life. On the other side, you try to help the web designer, the photographer, the wedding planner, etc. You see where I'm going with this? You are planting seeds with thousands of people per year. So when it comes time for someone to want to help you, they're going to think about you every single time. Meaning, you're creating an emotional attachment that leads to top of mind awareness. So now when someone says photographer, that person is always going to think about you. That photographer, David John, 
when someone says something that's what you do, let's say you're a personal trainer and you help a photographer, that photographer is going to offer your personal training services to other people. You see this? It's reciprocal. It's hard to say, hard to say the word. Reciprocity. <laughs> nope, I'm still not saying it right. You get what I'm trying to say. People want to reciprocate when you try to help them. So if you try to help a photographer and you're a personal trainer or you're a chef or you're a makeup artist or you're a hairstylist, they're going to try to get you booked also. Imagine you just do this three times a day. I'm not asking you to do it 10, 20, 40, 50 times a day, but you could. If that's all you did and that's your business, you could. You could spend 10, 20, 30, 40 minutes to do a bunch of text messages. You could spend three hours and do a bunch of sales calls and referrals, etc. And if you do that over and over and over, math and time compounds. But also, your relationships compound. Your network compounds. People always say, your network is your net worth. What if you interacted with a thousand more people this year? What if you're interacting with people on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, text message, email, phone call, in person, you're going to events. All of a sudden, you are building your Rolodex by this 3-3-3 movement. Three texts per day, three emails per day, three phone calls per day, asking for help, offering help, and going for a sale. Okay, now let's go to the next movement. The $100 tipping club. The $100 tipping dinners, the $100 tipping club, was created by Jimmy Rex in Salt Lake City. When the shutdowns happened back in 2020, Jimmy realized that there's a lot of restaurants that are shut down and the waiters and waitresses and chefs and the cooking staff and the hostess, like everyone involved inside of the restaurant, not just the restaurant owners, they're impacted. If there's no customers, how do they make money? Most of the money they make is from tips. And typically what happens is the waiters and waitresses, they receive the tips and then they are now what's called tipping out. They're tipping out the busboys, the hostess, the cooks, etc. They are tipping out. So the waiter waitress is making, call it 100 bucks, 200 bucks, 300 bucks, if they're lucky, per night. Usually it's between 50 bucks and 200 bucks per night, depending on the type of restaurant. And then they are now tipping out 5, 10, 20% based on the math of busboys, the host, the, the chef, the cook, whoever they have to. Um, and they willingly do it they're tipping them out from their tips. So if they might make 200 bucks in tips, they're tipping out 40, 60, 80 bucks sometimes to the other staff members. So when the shutdown happened, Jimmy did his first tipping dinner. I was there, it was amazing. And I just got addicted to it because I got to watch, you know, we had like, I think 13 or 14 people. And all of a sudden 13 or 1400 bucks went to the, the waitress. She starts crying. Some of us start crying. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's happening? This is amazing. We did it again a week later. We started having multiple of them. We started making some videos on Instagram, posting about these $100 tipping clubs, how people could do them in their cities. Since then, two, three years later, there's been over 4,000 tipping dinners that we know about. The actual math is probably tens of thousands because we don't know, right? People don't even tag Jimmy or myself, etc. They used to tag at Mr. Jimmy Rex. Plenty of people don't do it and they don't even know that's him that started it. I get tagged all the time. Thousands of times I don't get tagged. People don't even realize that I'm helping Jimmy and myself and our friends in Salt Lake City that really got it started. They don't know that we did it. It got so big that this person did it and let's call it Atlanta. And then people in Atlanta started doing it. And then Mississippi, Mississippi people just started doing Georgia and they're going over to Tampa, Florida and they're doing it in Miami. Now they're doing it in Venezuela. And all of a sudden it's happening in foreign countries that people are doing these tipping dinners that have no idea who I am, 
They have no idea who Jimmy is, and that is fantastic. It means that the movement is becoming huge, and the butterfly effect for us is what I care about. And so, how do you do it? Let me walk you through how to do a $100 tipping dinner. Sometimes we do a $1,000 tipping dinner. This is where we'll get big business guys together, business women together, and we'll put together 12, 15, 20. One time we had 38. 38 people put in $1,000 each. You can see the videos on my Instagram. $38,000. So we told the main waitress, here's 10,000, because we can't just give one person 38,000. So we gave her 10,000, and we split up the rest with the other staff members. I mean, this was like full waterworks. Everyone was crying during this one. We've done some that had 22,000, 26,000. Like we were getting typically over 20 people to put up $1,000 each for these tipping dinners. It is mind-blowing what happens because now that you're getting, giving away 10, 20, 30,000 dollars to the, st the staff at a restaurant, I mean, people are able to like, pay their bills, pay their rent, pay their apartments, pay some down payment on a car, et cetera, from this type of money. So I'm going to walk you through the $100 tipping version. You can obviously do higher or lower. If you can only put up 20 bucks each, five bucks each, 50 bucks each, whatever you can afford to do with your friends. But let me walk you through the process of the $100 tipping dinner. Okay, first things first. You can either do it in the city that you live in or when you're traveling. Why do I say that? Let's say when I go travel to Salt Lake City, I'll organize, like I have one organized now, in December for December 16th. I know I'm doing the toy drive December 16th in Salt Lake City. So then on December 18th, I'm going to do Monday, December 18th. It's burned into my mind. I'm going to try to do one of the largest tipping dinners. It's a thousand bucks each. People can also just bring a hundred bucks each, obviously, because it's only for what you people can afford. How whatever they can afford is perfectly fine. 20 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks. The main notion, the main goal is try to get everyone to do 100 bucks each or in some cases 500 bucks or 1000 bucks. But let me walk you through the process. So if you're in your city or in another city like I like to do, I text message, I post on social media and I invite certain key characters that can help me invite other people. So let's say I'm going to Salt Lake City. I'll text message Kyle and Jimmy, and I have a whole group chat of people in, in Utah. I'm like, hey guys, here's the date. It's a hundred bucks each. Let's meet at this restaurant. And then this is what's important. One, do not pick a fancy restaurant. Why? Fancy restaurants, typically the waiters, the staff, the waitresses, the hosts in kitchen, etc., are making good tips. And so there's too many restaurants that need it that are smaller or mid-sized restaurants that are not name brand restaurants or chain restaurants that it's just much more needed in those situations. Now, if you have to go to like TGI Fridays or Chili's or Applebee's and that's where you want to do it, you can. But typically, I'd prefer if you go to the smaller restaurants or mid-sized restaurants, especially family-owned restaurants, they're going to appreciate it so much. Not to say that someone that works at a chain restaurant isn't worthy of it or needing of it or won't be appreciative of it. They will, absolutely. Most of the focus so far has been smaller restaurants like mom and pop size restaurants or medium restaurants that are family owned or like deep in the community meaning a restaurant that's been there it's like a mexican restaurant that's been there for 29 years or an italian restaurant that's been there for 50 years like those stories are really nice to be able to help them because they've been there in the community and so they will appreciate the love so you say okay wednesday night 7 p.m typically you want to pick between 6 30 p.m and 8 p.m you don't want it to get too late because you want families to be able to go you want parents to be able to go. And if the dinner lasts for like two hours, you don't want it to get to, to be too late at 10 o'clock. It becomes a bit too late. So typically I'd like to do 7 p.m. That's kind of my sweet spot. 7 p.m., here's a dinner. People can be a little bit late or people cannot even show up and they will Venmo you or cash up you or sell you the hundred bucks. This is what's interesting. 
I've seen a lot of these dinners where we'll only have 14 people and we'll still raise two or $3,000 because a bunch of people that didn't go or wanted to go or couldn't go or just don't even live in the city want to send in a hundred bucks or more to chip in. So your goal is to make it clear. Wednesday night, 7 p.m., this Italian restaurant, here's the address, okay? The information that people need is that they're going to be bringing 100 bucks or they're going to be, you know, Zelle, Venmo, Cash App, whatever, to send you or the host or whoever's hosting it the $100. You want to make sure you get that all up front, meaning right when they get there or in advance. It's easier to know how much you're going to be giving to the waiter or waitresses and the kitchen staff. You want to have a clear number. You don't want to raise money after the fact. You want all of this to happen in the moment, just for flow and for accounting purposes and to be keep clear that, okay, if there's 14 of us and six people also sent in money, that's 600 bucks, 14 people in person, $2,000 is what's going to go to the waiter, waitress and the kitchen staff. Now, if the number is under $1,000, typically we give the entire amount to the waiter or waitress and then let them tip out whatever they normally tip out. If the number starts to become like 1,500, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, and it gets to bigger numbers, we are clear in advance when we're surprising the, the wait staff. 50% of this is for you, and we'll say, okay, we raised 1,600 bucks, $800 is for you, and $800, we're gonna go give 100, 200 bucks each, or the manager or the, or the waitress or waiter themselves, go give 100, 200 bucks each to the other staff members. Sometimes we ask how many staff members there are. And so, there's a little bit of a hint that something might be happening. They don't really know. So let's say, by the way, everything I'm talking about is a surprise. Sometimes the, the restaurant finds out or staff members find out, especially if some of your friends have bigger social media followings. It sometimes happens. It's really rare that it happens. The reason we want to be surprised is a couple of things. We want organic service, meaning we don't want the waiter or waitress to be like doing cartwheels and like making it seem like everything is amazing. Um, I want their true service. And even if the service is bad or mediocre, we're still giving the tip. People ask me this a lot. They're like, what if the service is bad? Outside of them like cursing at us or being super rude or something, if it's just bad because they're, they're overwhelmed because there's like 16 of us, that's just an overwhelming situation. So I don't want their one bad day to impact their blessing. And so unless they're like, again, unless something crazy happens, we're still going to give them the tip. The worst case scenario is we'll give them a smaller amount of the tip and then go hand it out to all the kitchen staff. Does that make sense? So let's say you raise two grand. Normally give her a thousand bucks. Let's say the waitress a thousand bucks and then it split a thousand. If for some reason you got bad service or she was extra rude, you could say here's two to 500 bucks and then just go hand out 100, 200 bucks each to the kitchen staff, 300 bucks each to the kitchen staff in that example. Hasn't happened to us at any of the events we've gone to, but I always like to be blunt about everything in my life. And so in that scenario, if that ever happens to you, that's what I would do. Just do a smaller tip for the main waiter or waitress and then tip out the rest of the staff. Okay. So you will typically make either, not, not like a fancy design flyer, but you can use like a black screen and just type out with white lettering or red lettering, whatever you want. Very clear, Wednesday, 7 p.m., Italian restaurant at this address. And it's very clear that's called $100 tipping club. So they know, or $100 tipping dinner. They know that they should be bringing it and you can even put the Venmo or Cash App or Zelle on that image. So you can make a like a black screen with white lettering and then write in there um, where they can send money to or it says bring $100 for the tip. Other question people have is who pays for the dinner? So you have an option there. If there's one host, uh, they can either use a couple hundred bucks of the of the 
of the money put together, of the money chipped in. They can use some of that to pay for the meal. You want one person to pay for the meal. You don't want it to be 100 bucks and then everybody's like calculating $28 each. That becomes complicated. You can take a few hundred bucks out of the $100. Or if you want some people, I pay for the whole dinner or sometimes my friends pay for the whole dinner and then all that money from the tipping money goes to the wait staff. That part's optional. If you're going to an expensive restaurant, that's also part of why we say don't go to fancy restaurants. We don't want your bill to be like a $900 bill or a $2,000 bill that becomes excessive and your $100 each won't really do much of a tip if you're paying 70 bucks a head for the actual meal itself or if they're ordering wine and things like that. Um, and so this is something that from a thought process is typically if it's an expensive restaurant, you want to keep the money focused on the tipping. Um, I don't recommend going to fancy restaurants. We're going to restaurants where typically the meals are 15 to 30 bucks each. And then typically one person, the host will pay for it all or take out, you know, two to 700, whatever the amount is for the actual dinner out of the couple thousand dollars raised. Okay. Other thing, can you do this with four people or two people? Of course you can. Can you do it with 40 people? God bless you. I hope you do. Right. Um, you will be shocked at how many people want to do this. It is amazing how much people actually want to do this. And the reason we've been pushing this so hard and making it so big and famous recently is because it provides an easy way for people to do something good that they can see right away. They know when they put up their hundred bucks or 50 bucks or 500 bucks or thousand bucks, whatever they want to tip, they know right away that it's going to go to people that are hardworking and that money is going to be used for their children, their rent, their cars, their life, etc. Now, recently we've been getting very, very, very popular with this. We got a lot of press. Where are the cover of Apple News last week? Like the cover cover. Where were the cover of Washington Post? We started getting, and when you get those, what happens is hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of sub articles happen. Meaning other small locations, small newspapers or city locations, city newspapers or city news, they started repurposing, reposting the same articles using their name. Like let's call it the Alabama you know, Gazette. They start to write about it because they take the main article, which is on Apple News or Washington Post, and then they disseminate it to their audience using their headlines and their, they just change the wording about a bit. So that's happened a lot this last few weeks in particular. The Apple News one was huge because Apple News for the full 24 hours is a big deal, being the covers uh, on there. And then within that, Washington Post did a really big article that went viral um, and people started sharing it all over the place. Some of our videos went very viral the one in Salt Lake City at the Mexican restaurant was very big. There was a $10,000 tip. And during that $10,000 tip, everyone was crying and excited. And the, the setting of how we did it, it was me and a guy named The Muscle, the guy I threw that huge 7,000-person event called Limitless Arena a few months ago. The Muscle handed out the $10,000 and gave a nice speech. And then that, that video went very viral. And so a lot of different news outlets posted about that. Why does all this matter? The $100 tipping club, that movement is very, very easy for you to replicate wherever you are, however much you can afford, and your friends, it gives you an excuse to get together. I like in-person events. I like in-person dinners. Most of our lives is through our phones now, texting, emailing, WhatsApping, Telegramming, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. There's just so much of it happens inside of our phones. And so we're interacting with our friends, family, and followers through our phones. I want to see them in person. And so I throw these $100 tipping dinners all over the place, even if it's just like Eight people, 17 people, 25 people. I don't care how many show up. I mean, I care because I want a bigger tip. But I just want to have an excuse to get people together. Every time I go to Salt Lake City, this happens. 
Every time I go to Miami, this happens. I like to throw these tipping dinners. In Phoenix, Arizona, I've done it a bunch of times. So you're going to a city and you're saying Wednesday, 7 p.m., Italian restaurant, here's the address, bring 100 bucks. During the dinner, you're not you're collecting all the capital, so you have your, let's call it 1,600 bucks. And then when it comes time towards the, about the time to order for desserts is when you want to bring the staff together, okay? Again, you do not have to post a video about this or post pictures about this if you don't want to. Some people say, oh, why do you post about it? And you'll see in the comment section, captions or comments, whatever, like, oh, it's not charity if you post about it, you're just doing it for yourself. Let me be really blunt. Listen to me very clearly. If I never posted about this, millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars of tips wouldn't have happened. The fact that we make videos about tipping dinners is the fact and reason why there's been over 4,000 tipping dinners that we know about. The actual number is probably 10, 20, 30, 40,000. We have no idea how big it got because we make videos about it. I do not need a pat on the back from you for my video. I want you to go do a tipping dinner yourself. That's what I want. I don't want you to send me any money. When I post about tipping dinners, it's for you to go do tipping dinners. And I say that so bluntly because it's nonsense. When people say, oh, you shouldn't post about the tipping dinners or post about charity at all. It is nonsense. It is for people to make themselves feel better. And the people that are commenting it probably aren't doing any freaking charity anyways. Let me be blunt about that too. They're sitting there typing instead of tipping 100 bucks or giving out backpacks to the homeless or giving out toys. They're not doing it. You know what they are doing? They're being keyboard warriors talking crap about you while you're out there doing good things. So be proud when you do a tipping dinner. Not to get a pat on the back, but to inspire other people for them to do tipping dinners. Okay, so $100 tipping club, you know what that is. That was the movement. Now, for the last few minutes, I want to talk to you about the movement that I'm starting today. This is the announcement. So it's been in my mind for a long, long time. And you guys have thought about it, but never formalized what I want to formalize today in this moment. The movement is called Two Years Too Long. Two Years Too Long is when you walk into your closet and if there are clothing items that you have not worn in two years, it has been too long. Get rid of it. You're either going to donate it or sell it. Why? What happens is those two years become three years, four years, five years, six years, seven years, and you keep rationalizing to yourself that you're going to wear that dress. You're going to wear that jacket. You're going to wear that thing that you haven't worn in years. You're like, oh yeah, I'm going to wear that jersey. And then you think about it like, man, it's been three or four years now. Oh yeah, I'm for sure going to wear that dress. That dress is so cute. And then you never wear it. And then year three, year four, year five, and it's just building up dust. Imagine if you donated those items to people that really need it. Now, more than ever, with the way that recession is happening, whatever you want to call a recession, with the way that Inflation is happening and things are getting so expensive. When people can't afford bread, milk, water, gasoline, basic items in their life, well, they don't cut back on bread, water, milk, and gasoline. They cut back on clothing. They cut back on unnecessary spending or accessories for themselves, for their husbands, wives, kids, parents, friends. They cut back on the things that they would like to have what's called retail therapy. They would like to be able to buy stuff for themselves, to make themselves feel good, wear out to their jobs, to their work, to, for fun, for life, etc. They just can't afford it the same way anymore because of inflation. And so when people are out there paying, in theory, 9% a year more in inflation, and some things are going up 20, 30, 50, 100%, right? Gasoline was two bucks three years ago. Now it's five bucks. 
bread, milk, water, eggs, things like that were one, two, three dollar things that are now four, five, six dollars each. When you start to think about the math of things being 50 to 100% more expensive, people needing those items every single week, you can see why they got to cut back on clothing and accessories. Two years, too long. Go into your closet this weekend, please. Look around at what you haven't worn for two years or longer. Why do I say two years too long and not one year? One year, you can come up with rationalization. Oh, this season I didn't wear my winter jacket because I didn't wear those boots because you have some rationalizations for one year. You don't have rationalizations for two years. If you haven't worn it for two years, you don't really like that jacket as much as you think you do because you probably have some new jackets and you're wearing those. And then on the third year, you might have a new jacket also. You're definitely not wearing the one from three years ago and four years ago. You see where I'm going? Two years is too long. There is no excuse. There is no rationalization. I'm not saying to go get rid of your like saved up wedding dress or your one good suit or your favorite shoes. I'm not saying get rid of things that you know you might need for key pieces. There's not that many key pieces in your life. You only need key pieces for weddings, funerals, and a couple special moments. That's it. Everything else is interchangeable and everything else is not that emotional to you. What happens if you go out and find that there's 20, 30, 40, 50 pieces of clothing in your closet and your husband or wife or boyfriend or girlfriend or kids or friends or other people that live in your household do the same thing? Collectively, you probably have 40 to 200 pieces of clothing items and shoes and accessories, etc., that you could be giving away. Some of the things you're going to find and realize, like, whoa, I actually paid 100 bucks for this or 200 bucks or 500 bucks or 1,000 bucks or I have these fancy purses or I have these fancy shoes or I have these fancy earrings or accessory items. Well, you can sell those. And if you sell them, even if you're only getting back 20, 30, 40, 50 cents on the dollar, 60 cents on the dollar, that extra income can now be utilized for your life. You could donate that money to charity, keep it for your overhead, whatever you like to do. But it's just sitting there. Those fancy purses... Those cool shoes, those earrings and things that are just sitting around in a closed box that you haven't worn in two years, sell them or give them away. The main mission of this is for people to think about it and actually take action and realize that two years is too long. So go into your closet this weekend, inspire your friends, your family, your followers to also do the two years too long challenge. If we do this and we're going into the perfect time of the holiday season where people are now traveling around to see their family, or they're stuck at home, or they can't afford to travel around to see their family, this would be the perfect time for you to be able to donate your clothing, your shoes, your accessories to people that really, really need it. So what you think is just kind of okay is magical to someone else. Meaning, it must only be kind of okay to you because you haven't worn in two years or longer. But someone else, to receive that dress, or to receive those pants, or that button-up shirt, or those cool hats or those cool shoes that you've barely ever worn to receive those items can literally and physically change their life. To make them feel stronger, more confident when they're going out to the workforce or they're at school or they're wherever they are to have new or used clothes that just are brands that they never would have gotten because you've got Nikes and you've got Guess and you've got Calvin Klein's and you've got these fancy jeans and you've got these things that are just kind of okay to you, are magical to people that really need it. Now more than ever. So please help me with the two years too long movement by going to your closet this weekend, your friends, family, get them all together, do the same things with your friends and family all over your community, post about it. I do not need to be tagged in it. 
I want the challenge, the movement to get as big as possible so that millions of people receive clothing, shoes, and accessories from you and your friends and your family. All right, guys. So this was a special edition of the Money Mondays where we talked about movements. It's important to have discussions about money in your households and your offices and your schools with your friends, family, and followers. Because we all grew up thinking it's rude to talk about money. I believe it's really, really rude that we don't talk about money. Every Monday at 4 p.m., we have what's called the moneymondays.com, the Zoom call. You can go to the moneymondays.com and register there. If you go there, 100% of the money there gets donated to the world's largest toy drive. So go to the moneymondays.com. You can buy it there. It's 200 bucks for the month. We then take that capital and use it for our toy drive. This year's toy drive is in 10 cities in 15 days. December 2nd through December 17th. December 2nd, Los Angeles. Ending December 17th, Las Vegas. And everywhere in between there, we are going to be donating hundreds of thousands of toys. So if you want a, a nice way to be able to pitch in on the world's largest toy drive, go to the moneymondays.com. You can buy it there. And then all of that capital goes towards the toy drive. Every Monday at 4 o'clock, we do a live Zoom call. I'm hosting most every single week. And you can actually ask me questions live in the Zoom call during that chat. Appreciate you guys. Help keeping us number one on the podcast charts. Uh, the Monday Mondays, our podcast here has been number one for 33 weeks in a row. It's because we have to have these discussions. We have to talk about money. So keep liking, commenting, subscribing, sharing. Post about this, the Money Mondays podcast. Post about it wherever you can. It helps us. I'm passionate about it. As you see, there's no ads here. I've been here for the whole freaking year. There's no ads here. I want a clean cut 40 minute podcast for you guys to be able to learn about money, talk about these things. And it's really important to share that content. I'll see you guys next Monday. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Money Mondays. I am here with our guest co-host every single episode, The Real Tarzan. Rawr. Tarzan gets over 200 million views across social media each month, except this last 10 days, 215 million views just in 10 days. You can, you can brush your shoulders off. <laughs> Someone that's our guest today also gets tens of millions of views, sometimes hundreds of millions of views across social media over the years, and she's created multiple viral videos. It's hard to create one viral video. She's done it over and over and over and over and over, year after year after year, <laughs> which is really hard to do to stay relevant. So please give a warm round of applause to Lexi Pantera. Woo! Thank you. It kind of, kind of sounds like Panther, right? Pantera. Pantera. <laughs> yes. So we are here at the Wild Jungle. There are animals out here. There's no panthers here except for Lexi. <laughs> we do have 188 animals out there from ostriches, zebras, camels, everything. We're inside the RV motorhome. We travel around the country to make these podcasts. Luckily, Lexi came to us to be here at the Wild Jungle, make some content, etc. So, Lexi, here on the Money Mondays, talking about three core topics: how to make money, how to invest money, how to give it away to charity. With you, I want to go over how the heck do you stay relevant for so many years. <laughs> but if you could, give us the quick, give us the two-minute background story, and then we're going to dive straight into the money. Oh, man. Um, where did it all start, Lexi? Twerk Out Baby is where it started. Music was before then, but uh, I saw, like, a little niche area that wasn't really tapped into, which was, like, the twerk space. But choreography with Twerk Out, because a lot of girls were doing, like, random music videos and kind of doing that whole thing but i saw i saw something different i was like you know what what if we make this into a fitness class because money was on my mind and i'm like a way to like branch where it's not just a dance class you can make more money if you do fitness i can knock it out so i did that and i started doing some videos on youtube which went crazy viral wasn't expecting that obviously i don't think you expect really that to happen but um i just 
did that. And then I started traveling the world, teaching twerk out class. Like in person. Yeah. And like I had live events. my first, my first experience for the class. I just invited like 15 of my friends and Christina Milian was one of them. She loved it. She's a celebrity. So she just started blasting it out on socials. I barely even had like an Instagram at that point. Um, so I just like caught, kind of caught on and like, I knew what was going on and I didn't let it past me. Right. You know, I just caught on and kept going. Yeah. Sometimes someone goes viral once and they fade away into distance. No, you, you I mean, after that first twerk video, there's no way they wanted me to fade away. They were like, <laughs> honey, keep giving it to us. Cause, and so, yeah, I just started doing all these, the songs that I like to do. I'd pick the songs that are mostly, you're probably not going to dance to like that twerk too. And then I just Tarzan's throw it up twerk, on YouTube, yeah. throw it up on <laughs> no Facebook. <laughs> yeah. And it was going crazy. So talk to us about the classes. So girls sign up to learn about how to twerk or to learn for the twerk, fitness side of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, walk us through the business concept is it they're paying 20 bucks 30 bucks 50 bucks whatever for a class yeah like i guess i would like rent a studio space sometimes they would give it to me for free but i would go in pay like 20 dollars for an hour and then charge the girls 30 40 50 dollars a girl um sometimes the classes can only hold up to like 30 people but you'd get lucky and get like 50 something people in and i would just just running in Bam. my car yeah. city to city <laughs> studio cash, to studio. Bam. cash 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 <laughs> It was lit. It I was love it. it was a good time. It was exhausting because it's physically just a lot, sure. you know. But I saw the way that it made the girls feel and just their confidence kind of boost up and and a lot of different girls. So that made me even more excited to keep going. So as this is happening, you're having to juggle from booking live events, making sure everyone's signing up, making mm -hmm. sure everyone's having a good time, making sure that they keep coming back. But also in between there, you're making a lot of content. I know like a, a lot, lot of content. content like I've watched you for years and years and years make this content how do you juggle all the things in your world this is why I'm crazy <laughs> I don't know it's just a passion that drives me when some people just aren't built for that I guess I don't I'm not gonna say you necessarily do you think you guys can learn that like that I don't know just have a drive you so know it has to be inside of you for that's there. what it's just something that motivates you and my, my family is one of them that motivates me you know helping them um, and then the girls, like I said, like seeing like, I don't know, a girl that just had a baby feel just disgusting for some reason and then come to class and then finally be like, oh, my God, I feel sexy again. Like that pumped me up. So um, I don't know. I had a girlfriend, Justine. She was really supportive. So I think it's really important to have your team around you that believe in you and work just as hard as you do. That was always been the hard part is finding people that hustle like you. It's never easy in a business. Yeah. Um, but I just did a lot of it myself. I feel like that's how I can get it done. And I just forward, forward. So as this is happening, you're doing live events, you're making money. When is the transition to consider jumping into music? Do you consider going on OnlyFans or what are the different ways and revenue streams that you start to consider? Um, twerk out class is always one of them. I wanted to dive into certifications so other people could teach classes. So which they can host classes. Some. Yeah. Yeah. They can host their own like a Zumba class. Yep. Um, and then during quarantine is where the brand deals and stuff weren't doing so well. And I was kind of like figuring out what I wanted to do. The music was always there. So I'd always make a song and then dance to it and then put it up because I knew people would pay attention, whether they're paying attention to the ass or the music, whatever, it's getting the views. So and I'm doing what I like to do. So I was doing that. Um, but OnlyFans, YouTube and Facebook was really hard for me to monetize because of the content I was putting out. So my money over there was just like non-existent at that point. Instagram wasn't paying anything. 
all these platforms I just couldn't make money off of. So it's like either that or a brand deal or I'm out there teaching classes again, exhausting myself. So I saw OnlyFans and I was like, hmm, me being the one path, you know, I kind of make my own path. And I was like, let me hop on OnlyFans and throw all my twerk videos on there because it was probably like two years since I had really dropped any videos and my fans were really waiting for it. So I started throwing a music video up. It was the first music video ever on OnlyFans. Oh, that's cool. BTS. I mean, I made like $60,000 on a music video. I would have never made that money on YouTube. As yeah. an independent artist, it's crazy. Yeah. Um. So that, and I actually made that, it was a home video. Like we filmed it like on our ranch in Petaluma in Napa Valley. It was sick. Um. Yeah, and I just started doing that over there. And I'm like, I could use this platform in not just a sexual way, but all types of ways, just monetize in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And now you see a lot of big artists on there. For sure. Monetizing, yeah. When did you start to really dive deep into the music side? Like actually like, I'm gonna make records, I'm gonna make album. Like when did you decide I'm gonna actually like make this into more than just a hobby and a passion into an actual career? I was like 16, 17. <laughs> I've been doing it for a long time. I was in a girl group. Then I ratted Beyonce out that bitch. <laughs> I was like, I'm too good for this shit. <laughs> and I went solo. Um, I mean, I've done a lot. I've been on Power 106, knew it too. I've been on like shows back in then. It was like Entourage and um, yeah. I mean, I, I keep was trying doing to get performances, to watch opening up watch for people <laughs> and all that. And I, you know, I went solo for a little bit. I was doing DJ house music, trans music at first. Then I went to R&B. Then I like to rap, but then I like to sing. So I kind of do everything. Um, but I've always done music. Music's always been my number one passion and thing you so DJ I, I mean too, right? instead of being a struggling artist you know i'm over there like doing things on OnlyFans, fans where i don't have to work a nine to five job or whatever where it doesn't take me away from the music fully because it's a it's a full-time fucking job being an artist it's your whole life you dj too right no i don't dj no? but a lot of people ask me to yeah DJ. i thought you did too, <laughs> I, too. I, I was thinking dope. about it getting up there with two girls on stage shaking that ass yeah let them twerk while you dj yeah, yeah. i know It'd be sick you'd be I'd selling on arenas that's someone else said probably? that too <laughs> for probably. sure uh-oh guys don't get me excited oh, we, we might just create a new business my, yes uh, for a booking info, DJ contact now. at lexi Pinder. damn <laughs> Okay. Maybe someone books me to do it. And I'm just like, fuck it. And just then just do it and then see what happens. After I, have that. To. I hear that's what, how people fall into it a lot. We'll see. I mean, there's definitely there's a big void in the market. That's why you're seeing a lot of girls do really well in that market, because for so many years it was dominated by guys. And now there's a lot of the space right now. Some females are definitely coming up for sure. I'm happy yeah. about that. Yeah, I'd love to see it. OK, so we talked a bit about the making money side. Have you ever considered or started investing your money as you've been bringing this capital in or are you mostly investing back into your career? I've been investing in myself. Lord, it costs a lot of money, let me tell you. And I, I hear people say like, oh, it's the best investment in yourself. I'm like, is it? Yes and no. I don't know. What do you? What about you guys? So investing in yourself is the best investment as long as it, you're investing into things that are producing returns right. or producing returns that you can't see now, but you're going to get later. Meaning if you hire someone to make you even better at singing, that is long-term result that you won't know now. You hire someone to teach you how to dance better. That's not a long, that's not something that you're going to know in ROI right away, but long term, it's going to make you better. If you're going to learn how to be a fashion stylist, a music artist, an accountant, if you start to learn how to do accounting, that's going to make you better long term how to save money. Some things you won't know right away, but long term, it's going to pay off, especially for someone with a longer career. Mm -hmm. All the things that can go inside of here into your brain 
is going to help change the course of your career. If you can save an extra 5 or 10% of your own taxes or make an extra 5 or 10% because you learn how to do this, this, and this, think about that. If you made 100K now, then 400K, then a million, then 2 million, then 3 million, then 5 million over the course of your career, that 5 or 10% adds up. Right. stacks up absolutely and so surrounding yourself with good people surrounding yourself with good information to learn those things is really big for someone especially like you as you continue to get more and more and more and more famous over and over and you're not slowing down the things that you learn that can help you make 10 percent or save 10 percent, it's priceless i agree i feel like sometimes just but the music business is so not it's different yeah it's just like i feel like i'm gambling with my money, which I don't like to fucking gamble. Yeah. I'd rather go buy something that I know I'm going to use or whatever. <laughs> so, like, I've really been dumping money in. And there's so many ways to dump money into music. And you won't see a return. Right. You don't know. I shoot a music video. If I don't put it on OnlyFans, I might not see that money back. Or, um, God, that just, just goes for all of it. Oh, so, might, I feel like I'm gambling sometimes, yes, with my gambling. money. Right. Um, I haven't really figured out where I want to invest in yet though and i mean i would say i'm comfortable in housing you know just because i don't know i feel like that's so familiar with everybody and it's not necessarily gambling you mm -hmm. own a property yeah. you yeah. maybe want to live on it um but i definitely this year i want to learn more about about it and where i can put my money yeah where that's, it's going to make me money when i'm sleeping exactly that's the concept of the money mondays is that we don't have these discussions in high school college or in our households because we all grew up thinking it's Ain't rude that the about truth. Money. So you it's turn terrible. 17, 18, and your parents just, wee, they throw you out into the- Only in America, eh? <laughs> yeah, right. Get out. No, my dad, I stayed home for a long time, and I was smart because I was like, I'm not going to go waste money and rent and blah, blah, blah. I stayed home for a long time, and I liked it that way. Right. Until I had to get out the dad's house eventually. But <laughs> yeah. He was like, don't be dumb. And I come from like a Persian, I'm Persian, so the culture is like, you're not kicking your kids out yeah. like that early you're going to help them, you know, until they can be on their feet or whatever. So he was willing to be there for me and help me I love that. every step of the that's way cool. until I was ready. I, he wanted me to leave when I was married. I'm like, honey, I don't know when that's going to be. <laughs> We're going to move before then. <laughs> but yeah, it was helpful to have family that's helpful. Yeah. So as you're investing in yourself, you are gambling because sometimes you could spend 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 grand on a music video or on hiring a marketing firm or an agency or a publicist yeah, or PR, this or that. Music. It I all mean, starts to stack up. Pictures and right. makeup and hair. <laughs> it all adds up. Some people yeah. don't realize, especially just like upkeep of life, especially when you're on tour or when you're traveling and you're flying. Flights add up, hotels add up, food adds up. If you have staff or team with you, that bam, 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 you're paying for all these things. It's a lot. Have you ever decided or considered going with an actual label or do you always want to stay independent? I'd like a label if they can help me. I don't really want the money. I want everything else that comes with the label. So I want the relationships. I want their shit, all that, all the relationships that they have. Cause like, for instance, working with um, features like other artists is almost impossible. It's not, it's not easy at all because these people are locked in label deals and they either can't work with you because you're an independent artist or maybe the budget's too small, maybe, but necessarily not, not that for me, fortunately. Um, but that's been a tough, a tough one. Um, Spotify, Apple, getting on playlists, working with these people. It's a struggle figuring it out as an independent artist. It's not as easy with a label. A label would be great, but it has to be has to be the right thing or else I don't, it's not worth it. The other hard part in the music business is getting on radio and like 
to get on radio, you have to literally pay for it. And some yeah. people say radio doesn't even matter anymore. Um, different people are saying a lot of different things in the business right now. So it's kind of hard also to navigate and be like, okay, well, who's right? Who's wrong? Should I go with this? Should I go with this? When everyone says something different, yeah. it's always been that way. That's a lot of the struggle in the music business as well. And yeah, you do pay for radio. Yes. It's hard for me as a pop artist to compete with an Ariana Grande or something because I mean, they have millions and millions and just going in for an independent artist. That shit is not, you can't even compete with that. So you have to kind of find your own lane, your own way and do that. On the Russ is independent. He's huge. Yeah. He He's has the craziest fan base. You know what? I just saw him tweet saying that he doesn't make barely any money on tour. He makes most of his money in streaming, which I was shocked to find out actually. Yeah. Like he said, it just costs too much to tour. Maybe that's not so much for a label, a label artist. I don't really know. I don't know why he would say that, but kind of caught my attention. So touring, typically, if you can double book, is where you make money. Right. Where you yes, perform somewhere. Exactly. And then the club that night the or club a photo night. shoot or something. Yes. You go into a city. Right. You're getting, let's say you're going to get 1,000 to 4,000 people to show up, whatever the number is. Or you're combining with other artists and you're getting 4,000 to 10,000 show up, right? Mm -hmm. That part of it is very expensive for production because it takes a village to set up an actual live event and it takes a lot of paid ads, a lot of work in the process. I own a live events company and that's the entire world. And the background is the, the team. We have 85 full-time employees just yeah. for our live events. That's wild. So when we did an event in San Diego last week, 51 of them flew in. You can do the math on 51 flights. 51 flights. Ooh. That's 51, 51 hotel rooms. Hotel rooms times four nights for a two-day event. <laughs> the math adds up real quick. So the, the expenses come in from the humans and the production and the equipment. We have $650,000 of audiovisual equipment, but wait, <laughs> driving wait, wait. it from Jacksonville, Florida, right. that's what's expensive. Once you own the yeah, equipment. Yeah, <laughs> I looked into the tour bus situation, the thing, yeah, shit just gets crazy. So that's why you'll see a lot of times artists will bundle up together to have three, four, five, six artists together. Right. They can split up the cost, split up the overhead or have one main act pay for most of it and then the other artists will get smaller percentages but Jeez. if you host the nightclub that night and you're getting 10 20 30 grand for that that's basically cash you're getting to keep all of it the merch sales that you do especially if you're a brand like you guys are mm. the merch sales that you do if tarzan selling wild jungle shirts or lexi selling any of her products that's going to be money that you get to keep that changes everything so all of a sudden you do an extra eight grand here two grand here 20 grand here yeah, 12 merch grand here. is always a good one too though i heard yeah that happens a lot at these live events because when they're in the moment, people buy based on emotions. They buy based on emotions and then they rationalize later their decision. And so if you can get them in the moment and they see you twerking on stage or they sing you singing, rapping, or whatever, and they are excited. Buy a bad bitch shirt. Buy, buy a bad bitch shirt. Cool. Exactly. In the, so in the moment, they will. Uh, the fans, I've been on this Sorry Poppy tour. It's all female party like thousands of girls every weekend it's insane and i got lucky enough to perform with them and they're selling the shit out of these fans one because it's hot i think oh like actual these fans girl, yeah the fan like oh. they're like Brr. yeah fans are everywhere i don't know how 10 a 15 right a pop they're sold out every <laughs> night like half the night they're done i'm like good idea good idea but finding what sells that's not easy yeah it's not easy and then you'll waste money on the merch and then you're like fuck nothing's selling what do i do now tell them i have a very good piece of advice for them if they keep selling out halfway through yeah make more fans i know i'm like we need to make i'm like i'm gonna start selling the rest yeah, of the night exactly. fans 9 p.m to 11 p.m like sorry poppy fan <laughs> right. who's winning in the parking lot before they come in <laughs> yeah 
I'm a hustler. Yeah. Like, oh, the fans are 20 bucks in there. I got it for 17. <laughs> 17. Oh, shit. <laughs> Imagine. They're going to be like, who's selling these fans outside? I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't even know. <laughs> Them kids out there. How funny is that? Okay. So we talked a bit about making money. talked a bit about investing money. Let's talk about the charity side. Mm. A lot of times people think charity is only about money. Well, you can use your social media power, your energy. You can bring friends together to rally around something that matters to you. Tarzan, obviously, you care about animals. The animals. How do you decide what types of charities that you put your name brand on, not your wallet, your name on, or put the energy into trying to help? Well, mm. I'm always traveling, so as you are too, you, you you always find like a giraffe spot or like an elephant spot or like a stray dog spot do or stray you? cats. Yeah. Always. First thing he does. You do. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, who? What normal people? Oh, it's an elephant. No way. We're not running into no elephant. Nothing. Well, I'm I always out away from like civilization, no, know. you know. But like, I usually like connect with the animal, or, like you know, go to somewhere it's like where it's natural habitat. For instance, like Borneo. I went to Borneo last year. What's and, that? Uh, it's like Indonesia. Okay. It's like a big jungle out wow. next to Malaysia, but it's like not too far from Bali. Okay. Um, and uh, I w- I started hanging out with this orangutan orphanage. And uh, ever since then, I'm like, I want to <laughs> hang out with... An orangutan orphanage. Yeah. That's so sick. Yeah, and it's sick. Please take me to the orangutan <laughs> it's orphanage. Insane. That's adorable. Yeah, it's insane. So stuff like that, like, for instance, like right now, they're on... The forest is a dry season, so they're actually on fire. So I'm always, like, posting, like, links, like, hey, go donate here. They need help. They need this and that. But whoever, like, wherever I go and I have a great time with the people that are doing good work with the animals, I'm always, like, all in. Mm. And of course, like natural disasters with animals, I'm always like the first one to start posting like, hey, so-and-so needs help. There's a hurricane over there. There's an earthquake over there. There's stray dogs here. You really got to save the animals yeah. for real. Because we save the animals, we save ourselves. Gone, they're gone. Yep. And then we're gone. Exactly. Right. We'll be gone before then. <laughs> this, this <gasps> they month, deserve it. They do. This is their place. So this month, we went to a nearby animal sanctuary that's been around for 30 years called Forever Wild. They had so many animals. Bears, tigers, lions. Wow. I guess you're supposed to say it. Lions, tigers, like and bear. bears. Oh my. That's crazy. <laughs> Can you walk us through and tell us about their organization, what they're doing over there? Yeah, such a uh, 30 years in the game. You know, anyone with uh, animals for 30 years um, is doing something right, mm-hmm. especially in California. Right. California is one of the strictest states in the United States to have Rules animals, permits, like Rules permits, right? you know, regulations, stuff like here. that. Um, the guy, Joel, that owns it and his wife, um, they have like these photos and videos of these animals they have that surpass the lifespan that you can say, Google, how long do lions live? How long do leopards live? They have animals that surpass that actual answer like by 10 years. That says something. You know, that means you're For doing sure. something right. Wow. He's got all types of cool like black mambas, hyenas, bears, leopards. I think he had a leopard like 29 years old. What? The average lifespan for a leopard gotta be like 15, <laughs> maybe maybe 20 wow. if you're lucky. 29, that's sick. But also means you're doing something right. You know. So we're gonna be supporting Forever Which Wild. Which means they should be having more, right? People, more help, right? more or more help, or more animals. Mm-hmm. Right? Unfortunately, the pandemic really shut down like all of the charity around the world because everybody was trying to save their own money, trying to save themselves, and everybody that was, for instance, are nonprofits, so no one's donating nonprofits. Everybody that was getting profits, uh, gone. So we're gonna help them. We've been donating to them. You guys can as well. Forever Wild is a great organization and we're gonna go. They're gonna teach us about all the crazy animals that they have there. It's amazing what they do there, but we're gonna help support them to keep them going because it's been 30 years and we want them to be there for another 30 years. How do you decide what brands you put your name on, your likeness on, that you're gonna post about and be a part of? Well, it's honestly, 
first of all, I help my my brother and my family. That's some people that I like to charity over. Um, But other than that, I the things that I do want to talk about and get involved with aren't very easily digested on on social media. So even me as a I have a big platform, you know, we can't really talk about certain things like sex trafficking and children abduction, things like that I'm into. So I've decided to not really post as much as I want to, but I did find um, a guy named Glenn and a group that we had of another podcast that I was in. And he totally is in that and he has a nonprofit. And so I've been digging into that to try to see if I want to be a part of that. This is the first time I'm really digging into something like this. I've always wanted to kind of have my own nonprofit, but before that I want to, dive in and get more info and figure out what this world really is about um and i know it's a dangerous world to be in but um we'll see how deep i get you know i don't know yet yeah but that's probably where i plan on going more towards and also helping independent artists i think might be in the future as well yeah last month i flew out to donald trump's house basically we helped set up this whole event where he was going to watch the sound of freedom movie and then jump on the podcast. Uh-huh. The next morning, he made a video like, if you do anything with child trafficking, we're sending death sentence. Yep. The video goes viral. Sound of Freedom moving jumps from 80 million to 140 in two days. Because Trump, all of a sudden, makes this global thing. Like, if you get caught trafficking children or women, death penalty. Death penalty which is the way it should be. They just changed the laws, too, in Florida for that. For um, Things are definitely changing. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, I love yeah, that. Sound of Freedom is really a really great movie to go see. And it'll open your eyes up. But yeah, a lot of things have been um, played around with with that movie. Like, did you hear about what's going on in the theaters? Like, for instance, online, they're saying that it's completely sold out, but it's like empty. Um, the theater is not playing the sound right or it cuts off in the middle or literally every single theater has had problems. I don't know who's behind it. Yeah, it's been a lot of strange things like going on. Like yeah. how each individual one is being fucked with, but it's really intense. I mean, billions and billions of dollar business. It's not easy to mess with. We're going to try. Unfortunately. We're going to try Disrupt to fight the evil. Okay, Lexi, walk <laughs> us through your on your socials. Yeah. How do you decide when it's a time for a dance video, a music video, Lord. Por- personal behind the scenes video? Talk us through Lexi's social. I'm still trying to figure that shit out because it's not easy when you have a girl that does a lot of things. I like to dance. I like to act. I'm in movies. I sing. I do twerk out classes. Like, so it has been, it's been hard for me because people put me in a bubble, a box because I blew up for twerking online. Um, so that's honestly something that every year I kind of like, go back and forth like okay maybe i do more twerk videos because the algorithm's fucking me up and i'm not getting as many views so maybe i need to post this because i have a fan base of that but i want to do my music thing so how do you get taken serious in one thing and then not the other do i have to drop something do i not have to drop something i can't give you an answer i don't have an answer it's it's been a constant battle of what's right and at that point i'm like what the fuck makes me happy honestly what's gonna make me happy long run that's what i want to go towards but obviously, I want to make money. Money, honey. So <laughs> I'll let you know. I'll come back to you maybe next year with a better answer for you. Well, will you be <laughs> so active? How have I been surviving now? I don't fucking know. Doing what the hell I want to do, I guess. Are you being so active? You'll figure it out. I will figure it out. Yeah. The passion's there. Like I said, the passion's there. You're going to yeah. keep moving You're forward. You're running right into what you need to be. Keep going. Thank you. Appreciate when you it. make a video, Tarzan, do you know 
this is gonna work like this is the one that instead tarzan of, knows yeah. it's gonna work <laughs> sometimes he has sometimes this thing. I'm a, you know, like when you're playing basketball and you let it go you're like oh that one's oh, in, going, going in. <laughs> see don't get it just i know what's going in yeah. yeah but does that fuck with the other things in my mind the, my heart my spirit my mind exactly that's different exactly but you you're a lucky one because you got your hand in hand yeah you know i do the same thing i always change up my content sometimes i'm just posting me with the animals sometimes i'm just posting animals sometimes i'm posting animals attacking people sometimes i'm posting like <laughs> right. people That'll hurting get animals people going right yeah, sometimes i'm right. posting people hurting animals like you know which recently a guy was like fishing on a ship and caught a whale was beating a whale with a sledgehammer oh, and i'm just God. like there's, i see stuff like this every single day but there's yeah, some days sure. i'm just like i'm posting this yeah. f this guy find him. you find him yeah. sink his fucking boat lock him up we'll right. beat, beat his ass you know so stuff like that um and that I'll lose 20,000 followers from that, 30,000 followers. See, Algorithm so goes down, that's and then I'll post crazy. something next that I know is like, oh, that's going to hit. Yep. Doesn't hit. Everything's suppressed, you know? So I can't get yeah, too emotional get about it. you got to get Instagram jail. That's what I'm saying. I get emotional, emotional on my page, and then I start messing my algorithm up. Then I'm like, okay, let me get back to the the stuff, yeah. you know? The good thing about Instagram and algorithms, from what I've learned, it's just a, it's like a, it's a wave. It goes up and, and, down, goes up and down, and then it's also like a tide. It comes in. And it comes out. No matter if you got a popping video, like I know when the tide's up, I'm throwing bangers. I'm throwing, (laughs) I'm throwing heat. I'm emptying the clip, and it goes off. And then I have stuff. I'm like, bro, I had a video. I took it down yesterday. The one with the kangaroo grabbing that dog in the water. I'm like, oh, I'm posting this. Posted it. It was up for an hour. Got like four thousand likes. I'm like, yeah. Sometimes it's down. Out of the out. You you gotta repost it. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't fight it. You know. And just every keep going. day I feel like you're learning something new. Like, don't don't post like this. Maybe you should post like this. Right. I'm like... <laughs> yeah. It's always, it's always changing. Instagram, give us the real news. How about that? <laughs> Tell us what's really popping. Free the algorithm. Free the algorithm. <laughs> Hashtag. All right, guys. You're watching the Money Mondays. It is important for you guys to like, comment, share, talk with your friends, family, and followers about money because we all grew up thinking it's rude to talk about money. And we think it's rude to not talk about money. That's the reason why so many kids and so many adults have no idea about what to do with their rent, loans, payments, taxes, how much do they ask for their salary? They have no idea what to do because we don't talk about it because we think it's rude. We got to fix that. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, share it, etc. Lexi Pantera, find her on Instagram, TikTok, OnlyFans, all the platforms that are out there. It's a consumer content. It's a lot of fun. You will be entertained and you'll get to see her in action all over the world. Obviously, check out The Real Tarzan and we will see you guys next Monday. Bye.